We are going to continue to hear from scripture from the book of Luke in chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There is so much that we can learn about the way that God works in just these few short verses. I love the way that Luke tells us this story, very matter of fact, very factual, logical, as though this story makes any sense. It is full of mystery and it is full of absurdity. But we can take away so much in this season if we listen. This section begins with Mary and Joseph being called to do their duty as citizens. It is their normal everyday life in a very specific time and place in history with specific powers that be. And God is doing a work. Mary is supposed to give birth to a very important baby. And yet, they have to do what they are called to do. God can still work in the midst of all of the normal and mundane and sometimes annoying daily realities of our lives. But as much joy as Mary must have felt that the baby was finally coming, I think we can all be sure that this was not probably the most comfortable time of her life. And yet she's going to have to make a journey knowing that she's going to give birth to this special baby when she is a traveler on the road, not at home, literally outside of her comfort zone. Isn't that how God works? He meets us in those times when we are totally out of our element. And then it's time for her to give birth. And it says she gave birth to her firstborn son. She's not done this before. She wrapped him tightly in cloth. That sounds intuitive, not absurd. She wrapped that sweet baby in cloth. But then in the same sentence, we return to the crazy, mysterious way of God. She laid him in a manger. She chose to lay this newborn holy baby in the feeding trough, where animals would come often and hungry, seeking food and nourishment. But this was not a clean or holy space by our standards. And I think about Mary because I 
I've heard this story so many times and it seems quite normal. She laid him in the manger, that's how the story goes, but you might imagine that Mary had other choices. This precious baby was born, this holy one was finally there. I wouldn't have blamed her if she wanted to just hold him all night, look at him, have him closer, take turns with Joseph if she was tired and needed a rest, but the manger? Mary had been with the divine for nine months. Maybe she knew that it had to be the manger, that this baby Jesus would be the one where all people would come often and hungry to find what they need. This bread of life who himself would one day set the table and offer himself up. This first story of the manger is an invitation to come to this baby, to this table, to find what we need. As you gaze upon the nativity scene this season, as you look upon the manger, see the invitation there. It is for you. We're in chapter two of Luke's gospel, starting in verse eight. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid for see. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now this is going to be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Now I'm going to invite you to take a step into the story. Maybe to be this host of angels with this good news. So you've got two lines, okay? Are you ready? I'm going to say them for you one at a time, and then you're going to join. And you're going to say them with gusto. You're going to say them so much that if shepherds were here, they would be terrified. Got it? Your first line is glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest heaven. It's a little scary. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. With the angels. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's taken place. Which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured these words and pondered them in her heart. Now the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and all that they had seen and that had been told to them. 
And after eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child. And he was called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. They were just in the fields, minding their own business. Right? Expecting not much. And then it happens, and they get scared. It says that an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now there is, you are privileged that you're on that side of the pulpit, but right now there is a spotlight that's on me, and a little bit on you too, right? You can feel it. And it's very hard to hide from the spotlight. Watch, if I walk over here, it still follows me over here, I could go over here, and it would keep moving with me. You can't get away! Now this might be a little bit about how the angels reacting that night like a spotlight and it was the glory of the lord that shone around them now we always sort of think that when god shows up maybe we do i do that when god shows up that is just unqualified good news but the glory of the lord it it shows all of your blemishes it's like that mirror that you keep in the bathroom when you flip it around and it double magnifies your face and you think oh that's what's going on the glory of the lord shone around them and they were seen like really seen it's hard to show up it is hard to be so present and so vulnerable that we might be encountered by another much less to be seen by the living god but that's what happened so of course they were terrified And here's what they say. Don't be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. There are these moments in our scripture where God makes very evident that we are being seen. Every Sunday at the end of the service, we say a benediction together, a blessing. And that benediction is the language of God seeing us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his smile upon you and give you peace. That is all language of God's gaze falling upon you. And here is the good news. That what God sees, God illuminates. And if you hear nothing tonight... As creatures of God, as children of God, it is that you are in fact seen and known and okay. The news is good news of great joy for all the people. I I checked the Greek. The word for all there turns out it means all. And you're part of that all. All the people, this is good news. And if you're anything like me, there are a thousand places in this world where you would rather not show up. You've tried that. You've showed up. You've been vulnerable. You've taken like one layer off and not been met with good news of great joy, but met with deep judgment, met with shame. And enough of that will cause you to close in on yourself. Layer after layer after layer. But Advent is about breaking through. It is about breaking through all of the walls that we have put up. It is about being brave enough to show up. 
Because God is brave enough to show up and to be seen and to be so very vulnerable. Did you see all those little kids? They were breathing all over baby Jesus. It's like, that is God in flesh. So fragile. And it is you in flesh. So fragile. And God knows. And God sees. There is a poem, a blessing. It's actually one of my favorite books of blessing. Called The Bless This Face Between Us by John O'Donohue. And he has a reflection in there called For Light. I just want to read you the last stanza. Because it feels like an Advent poem. It says, and when we come to search for God, let us first be robed in night. Put on the mind of morning to feel the rush of light spread slowly inside the color and the stillness of a found world. Friends, God sees us and knows us. And it turns out that that's enough. So thanks be to God. Okay, so we've told the story. Town, who helps give our choir leadership a few months ago when we were doing our choir retreat, and you told us then, you said, part of the reason that we practice and the reason that we try to strive for excellence is because it allows us to say more. Do you remember this? And it feels like that's what we've tried to do tonight. We've tried to say more about this story in all of these different textures of sound and of speech. And it has been a joy. You've been a joy and you and you as well. So thank you for joining us this evening as we've ushered in Advent and Christmas together. Uh, and thank you kids. Y'all were wonderful. Can we one more time? So very good. Uh, let me say a couple of thank yous, and then I'm going to ask if we could all express our gratitude together at the end. Uh, Cynthia, who's was right here helping give the children, she's been working with them.